Howdy, it's your boy Tony West, and I am here with my uh, man's Jarrell Wheeler, and we are here on week 14, All Things College Football Podcast. Um, Jarrell, before we get into any football, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. Had some games this weekend. Definitely, definitely. There definitely was some very impressive games with it being the uh, conference championship weekend, a lot of uh, playoff implications on these games as well. So just to get into those games, the first game was the Alabama versus Georgia game. Uh, against the number two team, I mean, number four team in the country, Georgia. Um, you know, let me just jump into the stats real quickly. Jake Fromm had a really good game, man. Uh, 301 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he went 25 for uh, 39. So big game out of him. Um, so he did have a good one. DeAndre Swift uh, had 16 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. And Elijah Holyfield as well had 14 carries for 60 yards. And then on the wide receiving side of the ball, Isaac Nada had a good day, four receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift also had six catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. And Riley Ridley, brother of Calvin Ridley, um, playing in the same stadium as his brother plays every Sunday, uh, had four receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown. And then on the defensive side of the ball for Georgia, uh, JRE had a good game with eight tackles as well as Tay Crowder. And then on the Alabama side of the ball, I'm going to read you the stat off. I know he was hurt, but two games, went two, 10 for 25, uh, 164 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions, and a 15.1 QBR. Rough night. But on the other side, Jalen Hurts, which I'm going to talk about him a little bit, man, and, and, you know, just everything that he stood for this year um, and how tremendous he really was in this game. He went seven for nine, 82 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he played tremendous. Um, and then just on the running side of the ball, Josh Jacobs had a good game with eight carries, 83 yards, two touchdowns. And then Damian uh, Harris as well chimed in for uh, nine carries and 52 yards. And then the big game on the wide receiving side uh, for Alabama was Jalen Waddle. He had four receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Savion Smith had 11 tackles and Quentin um, Williams had a big game. But I just want to talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts before I even jump into the game. Jalen Hurts is the epitome of, and this is going to sound like corny, he's the epitome of keep pounding. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep working hard at what you do. Um, he's literally the epitome of that. And, I mean, you know I've gotten on this podcast and criticized players like Kelly Bryant, you know, Jalen Hurts, guys that cannot throw it down the field. But I'm not going to lie, man. Jalen looked a lot better than he did last year. Um, and he was throwing that rock down the field, too. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. He did a good job throwing that rock down the field, especially to that touchdown to Jalen Waddle as well on the run. Um, I think that was like 51 yards, that touchdown he threw right there. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts, man, you know, and I don't know if you've seen the video of him basically kind of explaining what he went through after, you know, um, the whole situation that happened in the championship. He knew he lost his job. He was just kind of talking about how his family, you know, was just like, you know, you just got to keep fighting. You got to keep going to work. You got to keep working hard. And um, he did that, man. So I just want to give a, a courageous shout-out to Jalen Hurts, man. I think what he did was amazing this weekend. And um, he really showed that, you know, you just got to keep fighting. Anything can happen. And uh, I think he showed that this weekend. But to get into the game, what did you think of the game? Well, first to Jalen Hurts, it's crazy how everybody was like getting on him in the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. Did a transfer? What you doing? But I mean, let's not forget, you know, he's ready to graduate. 
And you know, uh, I he I think he said something like he wants to stay to become a better quarterback. And I mean, let's be honest. Even though Tua was a starter, it's not like Jalen Hurts, you know, forgot how to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's not forget he did lead Bama to uh, you know some championship. You know what I'm saying? I think mm-hmm. well, he, I, uh, did, I think he won a uh, SEC Player of the Year, especially or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's not act like he was trash, but it is it is um it is crazy that you know this was in, in reverse. You know, last year, you know, despite well, you know, it being championship game last year and it being this SEC championship game last year, where one of them left and the other one steps in and come wins the game. And, you know, hats off to Jalen Hurst, who stepped in and did that. And he did look better, you know, just off a couple of throws that we saw. And he went there and won that thing for him. But the game, though, like I said, it was a great game, you know, to finish. And it was surprising because I remember I was at work, and I want to say Georgia was up 28. No, was I forgot how much. I forgot what they had at halftime. I think it was like 21. I don't know, that was up, and then I came back, and then, you know, it was 28, and then left again, came back, and Bama then tied it up. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? Right. And it's crazy because we haven't seen nobody hang with Bama like that. Right. And it sucks right. that Georgia is out the playoffs, but that was great by them. And also, too, it just it just sucks that Georgia lost that LSU game. Because Georgia came to play Saturday, so big us to Georgia and DeAndre Swift. Man, he hit one of those cut moves again, one of them signature cut moves he had. Boy, yeah. I can't. Remember, I think he scored off. I can't remember what play it was, but he he was taking somebody's ankles and Jake yeah. Fromm to come out there and throw for uh, three touchdowns and three hundred uh, yards passing. Great performance versus that Bama defense. Right. And oh. and not to cut you off, this is some breaking news here. Uh Kelly Bryant has committed to Missouri. Um, I know there were reports about him um heading to uh Arkansas as early as I think last night. Um people were saying that he had committed to Arkansas and he's been committed to Arkansas for months. But just breaking news now, he has committed to Missouri. Uh what are your thoughts on that? I'm surprised. I am surprised. I am too. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm a little surprised, honestly. I thought out of Arkansas and and Auburn, I thought Missouri was the least, you know, chance to get them. Well, well, and, um, well, well if you look at it, you know, Missouri, uh, they're in the, uh, what is it, SEC, which one is it, West or East? I forget. But anyway, they in the same they in the same division with uh you know Bama, not Bama, uh, Georgia, you know Florida, and I want to know uh you know Missouri went eight and forty. Yeah, 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 they had a pretty good team. I wonder, I wonder how better they're going to get with them, and I want to see if uh if he has improved on his passing. You yeah, know? yeah, so, and I know, like I said, I know I just brought up him, but uh, just to announce again, Kelly Bryant has committed to Missouri. Um to probably most likely be their starting quarterback there. I think Drew Locke is on his way out the door. Um, so, yep, that that's it. That saga is over. Uh, Kelly Bryant surprisingly has chosen Missouri. And I'm a little shocked, like you just said, um, and we're going to get back to the Georgia and Alabama game, obviously. Uh, but I'm a little shocked that he picked Missouri. 
And it's just because of the connections he's had with Arkansas. Uh, I thought Arkansas was going to be – I thought either Auburn or Arkansas, for one, because of proximity, he would be closer to home. Uh, I, like I said, I know guys that are very close to Kelly Bryant and his camp, and many of them believe that he's going to go to Auburn because it's only four hours away from, you know, the South Carolina uh, – you know, Greenville-type area where he's from. Um, so a lot of people thought he was going to go to Auburn and he just went to Auburn this weekend on his last visit. So a lot of people were leaning towards Auburn, but just to see, uh, he chose Missouri, which I think you were actually the one that told me that when he went to Missouri, he said, um, they checked all the boxes, uh, which I thought was unique. Cause he didn't say that about yeah. none of his other, you know, visits, which I thought was pretty unique. So you kind of basically kind of stated that it, that was a possibility of Missouri, but it did catch me off guard because it just like lately, you know, it was looking like, you know, Auburn or Arkansas was going to be the move. Yeah, and the only reason I say uh, it was surprising because, yeah, when he did visit the Missouri and check all the boxes, he still took, uh, you know, tours to other places. Right, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Missouri, you know, like I said, coming off the 8 and 4 season, you know, I don't know if that would be like the – I mean, I guess it would be the ideal place. You know, they, they haven't won the season. They are ranked 23. But I don't know. I just I – didn't, I didn't feel like that was the place, though. You know right. I can, yeah, I, I thought Auburn. Three, I thought know. Auburn would be more so the place. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I hope it works out for him, though. I, I will, I'm definitely hyped to see what he's going to do next yeah. year. Especially if he, if he improved on his past. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, you, you know I've been the biggest critic of Kelly Bryant. But I am glad to see that he has made a decision. I'm kind of glad that's basically kind of like all over with. Um, I mean, I, I'm glad that he made that decision. I mean, as long as he knows that's the right decision to make, then I'm fine with it. But like I said, I think uh, Missouri kind of caught me off guard. I I thought they were the third in that race. And a lot of people between Missouri and uh, Kelly Bryant, I mean, and Missouri and um, Arkansas, a lot of people in Auburn. But uh, – is like I said, as early as like yesterday, I was hearing that you know Arkansas was going to be the move and Arkansas was going to be the move for him. But it looks like he is heading to Mizzou uh, to go basically take over uh, after Drew Lock leaves here. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty. I think I think on Missouri end, that's that's a that's a real good move. Um, that's a real good move, man. I really do think that's a good move. Right. I think that's a good move for them. But we'll kind of jump into that a little later. But Kelly Bryant, once again, has committed to Missouri. Uh, so he'll be going from Tigers to Tigers. So he'll be going to be a Missouri probably the next uh, few days. And uh, get ready. He'll probably the team because I have a bowl game. He'll probably to be in around the next few days. Uh, so flying out to Columbia, Missouri. Um, you know, sometime in the next few days. But anyway, to get back on that Alabama and Georgia game, sorry I had to break that too. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, and I think you hit on the nail. Uh, you know, they stuck with them. I think that was a lot of people. We'll talk about this later on today. How a lot of people felt like Georgia should have been in just because you know they played close to Bama, and really, I'm gonna be honest. They had Bama beat, um, if we being really honest. Um, But, you know, Georgia has played Bama close basically the last two years here. Um, Obviously, in the, the, you know, national championship, they played them close 
And then, obviously, in the SEC championship, they played it close. And uh, I think it really showed that Georgia is a good team, but they just don't know how to finish. I mean, they had them guys 28 in the fuck. In the fuck. <laughs> I mean, you had them guys up 28 to 14 in the fourth quarter, and you found the way to blow it. I mean, yeah. Alabama scored 21 unanswered points. I mean, I don't know. is probably hitting up across the head Daggone punt, fourth and 11. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what uh, was going on in his brain for him to do that. But, you know, <laughs> that's – I don't know. I, that, I just felt like that was a little stupid, to be honest with you. I know his name is Kirby Smart, but that really wasn't a, a smart, you know, move to me. I felt like that wasn't a smart move. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I personally feel like, honestly um, – I just felt like Georgia played them good. And I think Georgia is one of the top four teams. And we'll get into that when we get to the playoff part. But I do feel like Georgia is one of the four best teams, but they're not one of the four deserving teams, if that makes any sense to me. Yeah, I just yeah, wish they yeah. wouldn't have got blown out by LSU. Yeah, that would been that that would have changed a lot of things. But we'll Yeah, get we'll get into that, later. yeah, when time comes. But just to uh kind of, you know, segue. One more thing I did want to say about this game, though. Georgia put out the blueprint to how to beat Alabama. And I'm going to tell you, they did. They put out the – I think with a lot of teams, I think I heard somebody say this. I want to say it was even, maybe even Kirby Smart. Somebody said the way teams get beat by Alabama, they get beat by Alabama in warm-ups. You can tell the team is discouraged when they come out the tunnel because it's like, we know we about to get beat. We about to play Bama. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. Georgia came out thinking, man, we hung with these guys last year in the national championship. We can beat them. And they brought that. In the first half, really the first three quarters, they brought that type of intensity. Like, yeah, we hung with these guys. We can beat them. And they did a great job. But I think Georgia has put out the blueprint to how to beat Bama. And I think at this point, there's only one team to do it. And I'm I'm, I'm going to leave that for the playoff part. But they put out the blueprint to how to beat Bama. And we'll talk about that when we get to the playoff part. But just to jump into the next game, which is actually the team that uh, Alabama will be playing next, um, is Oklahoma against Texas in a pretty good game. Uh, I know you were surprised. More defensive than we thought. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, Oklahoma defense didn't look that bad. I mean, they really didn't in this game. Um, Oklahoma really came to play, and I know I was calling you crazy a week ago. I don't think you're crazy no more. I think Colin Murray has to win the Heisman at this point. I think I, try, I think he I has to, to win the Heisman at this point. I mean, Tuye has kind of been falling off the last few weeks anyway a little bit. And, and I know he was hurt, and that's part of the problem. But he did not look great at all against, you know, Georgia, a premier top defense. But uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, he's showing consistency every single week. So I think your prediction, I think the Heisman, is it this weekend? I believe so. I believe they choose this weekend. Yeah, so, yeah, Kyler Murray, I know right now in Vegas he's he's top of the list. They're saying he's going to win. Uh, best odds right now. And I think 
as of right now, you kind of have to. But Kyler Murray, just to get into the stats, 25 for 34, 379 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, this is every day, every game for him. Uh, Trey Sermon had a pretty good game, 18 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Then receiving-wise, man, C.D. Lamb, six catches and 167 yards and a touchdown. uh, Marquise Brown did go out with a foot injury. That's going to be detrimental because I don't know what the extent of that foot injury is. Um, but And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But he went 5 for 54. Um, and then on the defense side of the ball, like I said, Oklahoma did play uh, better on defense this game. They only allowed 27 points. Curtis Bolton had a good game, man. He had 10 tackles as well as Trey Brown, uh, Robert Barnes, uh, and Kenneth Murray, and Caleb uh, Kelly. In which Caleb Kelly been flashing these last few weeks. I noticed him in the West Virginia game and this game. Uh, they all had seven tackles. And then um, just to get on the Texas side of the ball, Sam Ellinger went 23 for uh, 36, 349 yards. So he still had success. Um, two touchdowns and an interception. And uh, Sam Ellinger also ran for 15, uh, 15 times for 42 yards. And then Trey Watson as well ran for uh, 13, uh, 13 times, 39 yards. Um, and then just to talk about a guy that I was really impressed with and his draft stock probably rised in this game was Colin Johnson. I don't know if you watched it, but that dude was making some crazy catches. I mean, he made a few, like three or four good like NFL-type catches. Uh, but he had eight receptions, 177 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Lil' Jordan Humphreys kind of had a quiet night. He had that one touchdown, uh, but he had seven receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Devin Duray, he had, uh, you know, three three receptions for uh, 56 yards. And then uh, just to come down to the defense side of the ball on them, Anthony Wheeler and Gary uh, Johnson. Anthony Wheeler had uh, 12 tackles, and then Gary Johnson had 11 tackles. But what did you think, you know, of this game, and what did you kind of see from Oklahoma? I mean, Oklahoma did what, you know, what they always do. You got your wish. You said you wanted Oklahoma in the playoffs. You got it. I know because, I mean, the offense is so good, especially with Kyler at QB. But this game, man, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, I didn't know it was going to be like kind of the same thing as the, uh, the first time they met. But for Oklahoma to come, you know, beat Texas, you know, playing for the second time, beating the only person that uh, beat, beat them, them. Right, yeah. It was a good redemption. And like I said, the game was good. Like, people were, like, balling out. Like you said, um, Colin Johnson, you know, Colin Murray. And Ellinger, he kind of, like, surprised me a little bit. Because I don't know. I never really um, believed in him like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, even though he's playing against a Big 12 defense, which is never good. He still surprised me a lot. Yeah. And apparently he's been battling some injuries too. So for him to be bad have a uh uh you know a good game like that. Cause I mean 349 yards, even though it is Oklahoma, uh that's still pretty yeah. impressive. No, and also too, that catch by I'm probably gonna put his name, Calcaterra. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one hand yeah. catch. Yeah. Boy, that was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He uh but like, also, you know, had touchdowns in that game as well. He the ball three times and he had two touchdowns. But yeah, he had a pretty right. uh, big game, you know, with those two touchdowns and one. He actually caught the one that put the you know game away basically. Yeah. There, um, he had a pretty. I mean, he's not a guy, six four twenty one pass 
I mean, we got size guy tight end of Oklahoma. Yeah, man. You know, at this point, you know, let's talk a little bit about Oklahoma because this is going to kind of transition into what we're talking about next, and that's the playoffs. Oklahoma, and this kind of goes back to college as well. Kyler Murray's handily right now the best player in college. Yup. And the thing is, man, I try to tell y'all because to me it's more it's more impressive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Tua and Dwayne Haskins, they're both great. Yeah, Dwayne I mean, Haskins just came on strong in these last three three weeks. But but Collar Collar is going out here and winning these games. People talk about the Oklahoma defense all day, every day. People talk about the big twelve defense trash. And that's why all these guys is getting these numbers. But come on, man. I'm not going to lie, though. <laughs> Running the ball-wise, and Texas lives and kind of dies by the run, they held them to 88 yards. So, for Oklahoma, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's that's, that's fine. <laughs> but as far as college goes, I mean, my man got over 4,000 yards passing, over 800 yeah. yards rushing. He got 40 passing TDs. I think he has 11, yeah, 11 uh, Russian TVs. So, I mean, and the dude was just exciting to watch. Like, you know like what's I, so crazy, it's, it's, also? This, this is how you, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is how you know Kyler is just so on point. You know how many times Oklahoma had to punt the ball in that game? How many? Two times. Two times you know in the whole entire game. That's what I'm saying. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, two was great. Yeah. But he that defense, you know, both sides of the bar, really. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Tua got a, a good arm. But, you know, he got, you know, great receivers. And the defense holds his own against the teams they playing. So, he never really has to get a shootout. Collar is in the shootout every week. And he's out doing the other quarterback. And he's winning these ball games, man, to go out there and win games with literally no defense. How can you not be impressed by that? And like I said, I test, the dude is just amazing to watch. Yeah. Like, he's primetime television. And I know he's going, you know, to MLB, but y'all don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him either now. Y'all going to miss him. Y'all going to miss him. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but this kind of segues into what I want to talk about next. Um, do you think Oklahoma stands a chance against Bama? Oh. After seeing what you've seen this weekend, you know, Kyler Murray, do you think Oklahoma stands a chance against Bama? Man, I don't. Uh, I wonder if it'll be a shootout. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm going towards at this point. I don't, I don't really see. I mean, I'm pretty sure Bama would scheme something up to contain Collar, but the dude is like almost unstoppable. Yeah. But as far as Bama against that uh, Oklahoma defense, oh Bama, Bama going. Yeah, they're gonna run it up. Point. They're gonna get these points off. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just, it just. It's just interesting. I, I do. I'm really excited to see this game because I don't think I think Bama will, will win the game, but it might be fifty to sixty-eight, something like that. It has to be because yeah. I don't. I don't. I can't see. I can't. And see. I'm gonna be honest. Like Bama, they showed some deficiencies this weekend in the secondary. 
Fromm was yeah. lighting them up. Yeah, yeah. And if they let Fromm do that to him, especially if Marquise Brown is healthy, I'm telling you. Oh, no, I think it may have been a little bit of a fluke. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that Bama's secondary is, you know, fraudulent. They are. They've been fraudulent. I'll get into that too when we get to that part. They've, they've been <laughs> fraudulent for years. Honestly, to be completely real, but I'll I'll explain that later. But they that's their weakest part of their team is their secondary. Everywhere else they're pretty strong, but corner especially, that's where they're the weakest. Uh they do yeah. have they always have good safeties. That's just bam a period. They always have great corners too, but if you're gonna pick at something at Bama, it's gonna have to be their corners. Okay. So I okay. think with, with Kyler Murray, and that's why I said C D Lamb. And I don't know what the situation is on Marquise Brown because that's going to make a difference. Because if Marquise Brown does not play, it's not going to be good for Oklahoma yeah. at all. Yeah. Now, I don't know what's the update on his injury. I don't know. You know, a lot of people telling me broke foot. I hope that's not the case. You know, a lot of people just saying he's, you know, May have sprung something. I'm hoping it's just like something minor. Um, but yeah, it obviously I think Marquise Brown is gonna play a huge role in that game. Um, but like I said, only good thing is is that um, he has a few weeks to get it together. Um, so I think that is good. Uh, but the bad thing is, and it's never good when you see guys in a boot. He was in a boot after the game on 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 Saturday. So that's the only thing that concerns me. It's with right. him being in a boot, man. I I'm almost guaranteed he ain't gonna be hundred percent before Bama game, unfortunately. Um he might not even be fifty before the Bama game if he's in a boot. Um so that's a little bit disturbing to hear about. But I mean, besides that though, I mean I think this guy is obviously talented, and you know I think Kyler Murray can still make the game a little bit competitive with CD Lamb because CD Lamb's a beast too. But if they ain't got you know Marquise Marquise Brown, I mean they they might not make it, man. I'll be honest, they might not make it. As much as I love, as much as I love Kyler Murray, I think Marquise Brown is also a big part of what they do on offense. You know what I mean? Like, he's a big part of what they do yeah. on offense. That's why I'm like, man, I hope he can get back, you know, healthy, which he has, what, roughly about, what, three weeks, roughly, three and a half weeks to get healthy. The game is on the 29th. I mean, he has, you know, roughly 25 to 24 days to kind of get healthy, but I just – I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. That's the only thing about that. But uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about – the playoffs and the playoff committee. Uh, so obviously at one, we got Bama. We kind of knew that was coming at two. We had Clemson at three. We had Notre Dame and at four, which was the very argumentative four. Um, we had uh, Oklahoma. Um, and we'll talk about the matchups in a few minutes, but I just want to talk about the selections and the choices. Um, I'll get your input first. What did you think about the top four and Georgia and you know Ohio State and all that? How did you feel, and did you feel like the committee got it right? Yeah, I do, because I mean, if you look at you know Ohio State, 
you know, they definitely don't really deserve to be in. Just like, you know, the fact that, you know, they got blown out, you know, <laughs> by Purdue. You know, that that ain't okay. And, yeah. you know, they've been inconsistent. And you really don't know what Ohio State team is going to show up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it would suck if they got in and, you know, they laid the egg, right. a big egg against Bama. So, you know, uh, I ain't really mad that Ohio State got put out. Georgia, like we said earlier, you know, the only person that hung with Bama, so it would have been cool to see them. And Bama, but, yeah. uh, uh, And I think uh, the fact that Georgia got two losses. Yeah. Man, that, that has everything to do with it. And like and like we said earlier, had they not lost that game to LSU, I don't know. I think they might. I think they might be in. I ain't gonna I lie. Think. If they didn't get blowed out by LSU, they'd probably be in right now. Right. So, like I said, Oklahoma. Uh, I've been seeing all week. You know, people are saying, you know, what you about to get on offense, which they got high power arms. So I ain't, I ain't mad at that. And you know, mm-hmm. I do want to foul in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame. Uh, I wish they wasn't in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't wish that they, they wasn't in, and I hope they uh perform well against Clemson because it would suck if like Notre Dame no conference championship and they don't get blowed out. Yeah, so mm-hmm. and of course Clemson and Bama, you know, they deserve to be top two, mm-hmm. but you know Notre Dame, back to Notre Dame, they are undefeated as well. So I ain't really mad at it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. Like I said earlier, I think they picked the four most deserving teams, which I get it. If you win every game on your schedule, you should be in. Um, especially if you, you know, kind of part of the Power Five. No shots at UCF, but you know, if you're part of the Power Five and you win every game, you should be in. Which that counts, you know, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame automatically in. Even though I don't think Notre Dame is one of the best four teams, and we'll talk about that in a few seconds here. Even though they won every game, I don't think they're one of the best four teams. Now, when we get down to Oklahoma, and I think this is what unique it was what you is unique about Oklahoma's situation, and what kind of different uh, differentiated you know uh, Oklahoma and Ohio State. At least for Oklahoma, you know what you're getting. You're getting a 60-point game. They're going to put up 600 yards of offense, and they're going to give up 600 yards of defense. You know what you're getting from Oklahoma, week in, week out. Um, Georgia. I think what got Georgia, and I've heard a lot of Georgia fans crying, and I get it, because I do believe they're one of the four best teams. I'm going to be honest. and I told you this last week. I think the four best teams – and I, I guess I would say Notre Dame is the four best. I, I guess I'll put them in there, too. I would say it would be, in this order, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame. I feel like those are the four best teams in the country right now. Now, with Oklahoma, they can score on anybody any given night, however they want it. With Georgia, like we just spoke about, I think those two losses really hurt. Now, a lot of people from Georgia were crying and Georgia fans were saying, how can y'all punish us for playing Alabama, yada, yada, yada? No, we're punishing you because, for one, you had Alabama beat. You had, let's, let's not forget you had Alabama up 28-14 in the fourth quarter. Let's, let's not forget it. Let's not just put all the blame on everybody else. Y'all had Alabama beat, and you would have been in. I mean, and you probably, honestly – would have probably moved up to number two, and you probably wouldn't have had to face Bama again until the championship if you had to. 
So that's kind of on them on that. And then secondly, getting blown out by LSU looks so bad now. Like, I know at the time LSU was hot and they was, but getting beat, what was it like 36 17, something like that? Getting blown yeah. out by LSU looks so bad now. That's what probably really did them in. I think if they had lost that game to LSU, maybe like 34 31, I'm going to be honest. I think we're talking about the same four teams we had in last week. I don't think you, I think if they barely lost to Georgia, because it tell the committee told you something. By putting Georgia over Ohio State, they told you something right there, and I'm about to get into what they told you. They told you Ohio State is inconsistent. Ohio State hasn't been able to get it done the way we'd like to have it done all year. Let's be honest. Ohio State just got hot within the last what two or three weeks here now. Really, last two weeks. Really, to be honest, Michigan and you know uh, Northwestern. You know, and I knew Ohio State wasn't getting in. I already kind of figured that. They would need a miracle and a half for them to get in. Um, But I do feel like the committee got it right, unfortunately, in a way, because they picked the four most deserving teams. I mean, Oklahoma won their conference. Notre Dame, I do feel like they need to join the conference because I felt like that game on Saturday night should have been Clemson versus Notre Dame, basically in a play-in situation. Whoever wins gets in. Whoever don't go home, period. That's what it really should have been. And then, you know, obviously Bama, you know, and, and, and Clemson. I feel like all of them deserve to be in because they've won every game. And then the one game Oklahoma lost, they basically revenged it back. So you might as well say Oklahoma's basically undefeated too. So I do feel like they picked the four most deserving teams. But I don't think they picked the four best teams, if that makes any sense. But you have to give it to those four deserving teams, obviously, which is why I think, you know, this will end up being a six to eight seed playoff pretty soon here. Once they get all the money together and stuff like that, I'd say probably within the next maybe three to five years, it's going to be a change, maybe even sooner. But just because, you know, it's NCAA, you know, they take their time with change and stuff. Um, yeah, probably within the next three to five years, it's probably going to be changed, honestly, to be completely real with you. So I wouldn't be surprised at all in a few years we're seeing six, 18 playoffs. Um, but I do feel like they picked the four uh, most deserving teams, to be honest. Um, but did, I, I did have one thing. What did it kind of tell you that they had Georgia over, uh, over Ohio State? That. Georgia deserved it more. Yeah. I, mean, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know that. Let's yeah, I mean, be. I mean, who? I mean, no, it's not a surprise that Ohio State was going to be in this, mm-hmm. and especially after how Georgia played Bama. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only right, you know, that Georgia would be over Ohio State. I mean, yeah, Ohio State. You know, they did win uh, their conference, but at the same time, I mean, they they've been up and down. They had a tight game, barely beat Maryland, blown out by 29 by a mediocre Purdue team. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect to uh, – I don't forgot the guy's name. Jeff Brown. Yeah, Jeff Brown. So, I mean, Ohio State didn't deserve to be in, to be honest. So, and like you said, like, they've, they've only been hot, like, the last couple – you know, last couple weeks. Yeah. So, it's like I said, I'm not surprised at all. It's not a shocker that Georgia was over – Ohio State, right. and let's be honest. Let's be honest. We don't want to replay a couple of years ago when 
You remember when Ohio State got into the playoffs? And Clemson put 31 up on them? I don't know if that's, uh, you know, some karma coming around or what. But, like I said, Ohio State is not one of the best four teams. So, you know, you got got to move on. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I I agree with you. I don't think they're one of the best four teams either. But uh, just since we're already talking about Ohio State, uh, obviously the big news broke today. Urban Meyer is stepping down, leaving. and the guy, I'm so blanking on his name right now. Day is the last name. Yeah. Um, he's actually going to be taking over, uh, you know, full time as a coach at um, you know, at Ohio State. There, I'm really blanking on that guy's name right now. Ryan Day, thank you. Yeah. Ryan Day. Um, he'll become the head coach. I think he signed a five year extension. Which, from what I heard, this was already kind of in play. This was going to happen kind of anyway. They already kind of knew even at the beginning of the year that this was going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he stepped down at their 82-9 and nine, uh, record at Ohio State, 7-0 against Michigan. Um, how did you feel about this, and what's your take on this whole Urban Meyer health thing? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you can watch the games and see – you know, his health is bothering him. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the assist. So, I mean, I, I get it. You know, that's probably a good reason to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and plus, uh, you know, all the things that popped off at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Ooh, which was just ugly altogether. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably good that he does retire, mm-hmm. you know. But and one thing I looked up, you know, I didn't realize how long he'd been at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. He's been at Ohio State <laughs> since 2012. Because you know, we grew up on him being at Florida, right? right. You know, he, he his record is uh 82 and 9 at mm-hmm. Ohio State, yep. And so, I mean, Ever Meyer, him you never know, tiring, he's still gonna be remembered as one of the greatest coaches. Because when you think about college football today, you know, it's saving him, Mer- Meyer, and then Dabo, right? So, I mean, I'm not surprised really. Because, I mean, if you remember though. Remember when he retired the first time? Right, yeah, I remember. Yep. This film. And then, you know, he said uh, during his press conference, you know, that uh, he's not going to coach again. I don't know how that to be true. He's 54 years old, so, you know, he can he, – he, he could coach, you know, 10, 20 more years, mm-hmm. you know, how you know how they do nowadays. But, yeah, man, that, you know, health come first. Yeah. So, yeah. Health come first. Can't really blame him on that, yeah. Um. Just to kind of go back as well, um, I, I, you know, let me be honest. I've never liked Urban as a person, but I wouldn't ever wish anything <laughs> on his health. I mean, I'm not that type of – no, for real, I'm not that type of person. I wouldn't wish, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. any type of – because I know he has been dealing with the cyst, and I'm not the type to really joke on people's health and stuff like that, um, and I don't want to be that type of person. Even though as much as I disdain Urban Meyer as a coach, even though he is a great coach, because I heard a lot of people saying, you know, he's a liar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, all that stuff is true. He's a liar, yes. I mean, all that stuff is true. But as if we're just talking in between those lines, Urban Meyer is a tremendous coach. Um, I mean, like like I think they said today on ESPN, he's like 90% winning percentage, you know, at Ohio State. I mean, that's tremendous. Um, and you cannot knock a guy for that at all. Um, but you know, as a, as a person and I've never really been a big Urban Meyer guy, but if 
this had, you know, trauma with the sis stuff. And if it's really a serious issue, I'm really praying for him and his family, you know, disregard all the, you know, bad stuff that people say about Urban all the time. Um, you know, if it's something serious like that, I mean, I'm wishing for the best of luck and that he, I hope he really steps away from the game, relax, chill out, take some time to yourself and just get better. Um, and like you it, said, I think I even noticed it in the Maryland game, like when he was panicking like that, you could just see like he, he just wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? Like he just was not right. Like you could just tell he just wasn't, things was just not right. It just wasn't right. Um, yeah, you can just uh, tell by the way he's looking like I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's faking headaches, da 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 da. It's just, I don't, I don't, it's so hard to trust Urban Meyer, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I want to just really be concerned about his health, but then again, it's like, Urban, are you just pulling another string over our head? Like, you know, like it's kind of like, are you just doing this so in two years you can come back? And a lot of people have been trying to tie him to the Notre Dame job if that ever comes open. Um, but I mean, I don't know how to feel about this whole Urban Meyer thing. No, 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 because no, uh, I remember I can't remember what game it was, but I remember I remember that somebody I seen on Twitter some and somebody had posted a video of like a clip from a game, and pretty much like whoever was reporting the game, well, announcing the game, you know they they show Urban Meyer and you know they say you know. They showed him, and then they showed his uh, wife, and they talked about uh, how he overcame, you know, the drama, you know, beginning mm-hmm. of the year and stuff. And mm-hmm. this uh, lady I followed, she, uh, I forgot what she said, but it was something along the lines as, you know, you know, miss me with the, uh, you know, sob story or story of redemption and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, I agree, like. Let's not forget, old boy lied. And, yeah, that, that's that's why I'm like, I like. I, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Though. And, then, and then all the stuff that happened at Florida, and I was like, "Yeah, man, if, 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 I don't know why ESPN did that, or whoever was uh, reporting the game or uh, announcing the game. I don't know why they brought that up either." But at the same time, like I uh, quoted on that, I don't wish bad health on anybody. No, so yeah, it, that's my point. But yeah, that's what I really wanted to say. You know, yeah. I don't want to wish bad health on anybody, man. Yeah, so you may not like him, but yeah, man, you know, I don't, I don't wish I don't wish that on anybody. No, all. no, yeah, no. Same, same with me, because I seen a lot of people joking about Urban Meyer's health and stuff like that, and I, I'm just not that type of person. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just not the type of person. I don't like you know doing that, but I'm not gonna lie, Jarrell. If in two years or maybe even in a few weeks here. A few months, and we hear some scandal coming out about Ohio State. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna have to pull Urban Meyer's card on this crap because this would be the second time he done did this mess, and it just yeah, I just can't trust Urban Meyer. I just can't. Like that's why I'm like, and I think he even said this in the press conference today. He was saying something about this may be my last time coaching or some something on the guidelines, basically kind of keeping the door open, like. I think this is my last time coaching. Like, basically saying think, I may come back. Like, you just can't trust this dude. Now, man. now, now, with with you know health issues, you know there is a possibility. You know he he can't overcome this. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying so. 
it's not like how, you know, when he left Florida, there was like a bunch of turmoil going on in Florida. Right. But, you know, with the drama going on at Ohio State this season, I don't know. I mean, you could be on to something. You could not. But I don't know. He's definitely in play out. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. If he come back, he doesn't even mention the fact that he overcame himself, then I'm like, all right, bro, you, you, you got us again. Yeah, he, he done pulled it again. Yeah, he's fifty four. He can still he, he still got skills in him. Yeah, exactly. That's that that see that's that's what I'm saying. Like with him being, you know, obviously fifty four. I mean, that's not an old age. I mean, and I don't like I said. I know the you know, like I said, I'm praying for that you know cyst or whatever the situation is with his head. Yeah. If it really is that bad, you know, I don't wish that on anybody. But it's yeah, just kind of hard for me to believe Urban Meyer. It is. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. It's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, he's probably telling the truth. Like, but I'm sorry, he's low key kind of put that on himself over the years. I mean, no offense. He, I mean, he kind of did. He's put that on himself over the past few years. Like I seen Chris Carter this morning. You know, and he he was speaking pretty intimately about you know um, Urban Meyer and how you know they felt like he was going down the sidelines and stuff like that. I don't know if you've seen that this morning, but I mean they sound like they were really concerned about his health and that this thing has been bad. Uh, but it's just kind of like you know after everything that has happened this year with Urban Meyer, it just I just hope it's not one of those situations where. In three or four weeks, we're gonna see this whole big story of how Urban Meyer and lied about this, that, so on and so forth. You know, yeah. but um, if it is a health, you know, situation, which I know he's had a history of that, I'm really hoping that you know he heals up, gets better. Um, and you know, like I said, I'm not the type to take no shots at somebody. Um, you know that I don't want to talk about nobody's health like in a funny way. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. At the end of the day, you know, let's hope that he gets through this health. Right. And like I say, he's 54. You know, he still got some coaching. It ain't like he Bill Snyder, who just retired and yeah. at 79 years old, still coaching. But, yeah. you know, shout out to yeah. Urban Meyer. Hope he gets well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of like I said, kind of same. I just hope he gets well. Hope everything's works out. But I just don't want us here in, in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. About this, so on and so forth. And that's why he left. But uh, anyway, to get on kind of to the next thing, um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the coaching stuff that's going on right now. Uh, a hot name that was really hot, you know, a few weeks ago when the North Carolina job opened was Scott Satterfield. Uh, and he has actually decided to take the job at Louisville. Um, I thought that was a pretty interesting hire. I kind of figured once the uh, ECU job got nailed up, I kind of figured that's where he was going, which if I was him, I wouldn't have went to ECU anyway because ECU and App almost at this point on the same level. So, I mean, at this point, I thought that was kind of a good move for him to go to Louisville. But he did, you know, he did officially announce it today that uh, he will be the new coach at Louisville uh, and he'll lead the Cardinals there. How do you feel about um, what he's did uh, at App? Obviously, over the last six years, he's been 51 and 24, so a pretty good record. but how do you feel about everything that he's done at App, and what do you think he can do at Louisville? Well, it sucks that he left App. Yeah, yeah he has such a beautiful thing going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't really get to see too much about this. I didn't see the kind of contract. Uh, oh, I can. I was about to say I can read it off to you right now. Yeah, yeah. Six year contract. Yeah, give me uh, that number. Six year contract, 
uh, worth $3.25 billion. So you do the math. I'm pretty huh, – he's not worried about his next meal. Let's just put it like that. Um, six years, $3.25 million a year. Um, so, I mean, we're looking at a but pretty if, – if, if I'm correct, though – and I'm well. Actually, I'm probably wrong. I think I think about Louisville basketball. Yeah, I could have thought. Um, you know, Louisville, Louisville football uh, might have some sanction, uh, sanctions coming or something like that, or some restrictions. Oh, that I, might I, be basketball. I'm yeah, not I think sure, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's more so basketball. I think I think about basketball, but I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see because Louisville coming off that two and eight season. Yeah, and I got a feeling. I first of all, there was two eight in, in the ACC that was trash altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is pretty pretty bad. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I because like I said, he he had app at a, at a powerhouse, and I felt like um, especially with app like uh, you know going to the uh, what is it Sun Belt that they in? What are they in? What what conference Appalachian State is in? What which one are? Sunbelt. They're in the Sunbelt. Yeah, so, uh, take, uh, taking us to the Sunbelt Conference Championship and then, you know, just dropping all that that he just built up. You know, it, it, I hope this works out for him. Feels like that. <laughs> right, yeah. I hope it works out for him, too. And just to kind of give you a figure, um, that's basically a six-year uh, contract for $19.5 million. So, we're talking about a pretty, you know, lucrative deal here. Yeah, so, yeah, I hope that works out. Yeah, I hope it works out for him, too. Um, only thing that I think with Louisville, which I always kind of thought that's why Louisville wasn't that attractive of a job, um, is just because Kentucky has no talent, um, yeah. football talent, let me say that. They don't have any football talent in that state. Um, what, they're gonna have, what he's going to have to really do is really recruit Ohio, since yeah, Louisville yeah. is not far from Ohio, and Ohio is a football-loving state. And he's even going to have to come down to, like, Tennessee, come back to North Carolina, come back down South Carolina and Georgia, which why I thought the Georgia Tech job was a little bit of a better job for him is because he recruits in Georgia with App already, so he's built a pretty good relationship down there in that area. Um, but I think with Louisville, once again, I've said this before, Geographic plays a difference in this. Yeah. I do think that's the only issue with Scott Satterfield. But if he can, you know, build at Louisville, I mean, he's going to be looking at an even bigger job in a few years. I got a question for you. Yeah, what's going on? And uh, just to bring up another coach, do you feel that USC took a step forward or they took a step back with Kingsbury? About, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, Kings, well, I think it took a step forward. I mean, I, I've been hearing a lot of uh, comparisons to McVay, um, you know, with the LL, with the with the Rams out there in L.A. I think they took a step forward. And I think Clay Hilton knows his job is on the line this year. He has to deliver. He has JT Daniels to work with out there. Um, and I think that's going to be a pretty good move for USC. I think at all at this point at, with that staff, and you know they've already let go of T. Martin, obviously, but with that staff, it's all hands on deck because if they don't perform next year. They basically already said they're all going to be looking for new jobs if they don't perform next year. So I think for them, this is a big deal. So I think 
take I think that was a step forward to me personally. I think getting Kings because like I said, from what I've heard, he's a very offensive mind. Like I said, he gets a lot of comparisons to uh McVay. And what's my guy at um um the Bears? McNaggy, I think is his name or something like that. He's getting a lot of comparisons to those guys. So like I said, I think if he can really make a difference and have a big year at USC. I mean, he's going to get himself right back in the gig for, like, you know, a big-time coaching job. Because, like I said, from what I've heard, he is an offensive, you know, guru, basically. So, I think it's a good move for USC, and I think they need that, honestly, right now, especially coming off of a five-and-seven season. Yeah, and one thing I just want to point out, uh, I hate to be that guy, <laughs> but uh, Kingsbury's got – two winning seasons at yeah. Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, even with Mahomes this senior year, what was that? That 2016? That's 2016, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went 5-7. or seven. Right. But we're going to see, though. Yeah. i like to see what he'll do with uh, Jason Daniels because I, 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 I think he's a good quarterback. I think he is, too. I, I think, think this year he's just young. And then also in some more breaking news here, uh, Maryland has uh, hired a new head coach. Um Alabama's offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Loxley, is uh, heading to Maryland. What do you think about that? I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming either. This stuff is catching us off guard. This is happening literally while I mean, we're recording, so I'm just trying I, to get the information. Honestly, man, Maryland, they – good look for Maryland because, I mean, they had, to get, they had to get Durkin up out of there. They had to get right. back. So I think it's a good look. Maybe uh, – He'll come in and shape Maryland into something, because mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, he don't do this. This is only his first year at Bama, right? Uh, I know he was at Maryland. Yeah, this is his first year because he was at Maryland. He was actually Maryland's OC back in 2015. Um, that's when he left. So oh, yeah, I think he was there from 2012 to 2015. He was in Maryland, and yeah, I think this is his. Is this his first? It's either his first or second year. Yeah, he mean you know. He, he won't do it long, but yeah, no, he hasn't been at Alabama long. Let's hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, same here. I hope it works out for him. But yeah, he will be moving on to Maryland. So going back, kind of where it all started for him. Um, so yeah, just to kind of uh start wrapping things up here, uh, just to talk about you know uh, players of the week this week. Uh, I did see a few guys that I wanted to give a shout out to that played. Uh, a tremendous game. I mean, and I talked about one of the guys earlier that was just on fire this weekend. I mean, I got to give a shout out. I mean, even the loss, Jake from, he played a really good game, man. I was really impressed with what he did over 300 yards on that Alabama team. I mean, that's hard to do, uh, especially when, you know, that defensive line is getting at you quick in a hurry. Um, so I do want to give Jake from some love. I think he played a tremendous game. You know, like I said, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Also want to give Travis Etienne some love. Uh, 12 carries, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. And then also, I got to give your boy some love, man. Dwayne Haskins, man, 34 for 41, basically 500 yards. He had 499 yards and five touchdowns. So those are my players of the week this week. First off, my boy is Kyler. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. You got a crush on Kyler. I I'm almost convinced at this point. But yeah, um definitely everybody just named, especially from even in the loss. Mm-hmm. That man balled out. 
Yeah, you know, like I, I really hate giving people. I think we did it one time before we gave somebody a player of the game or player of the week at the loss. But yeah, definitely from definitely uh even Jalen Waddle. Like even though uh, yeah he, he balled out first, yeah you know four receptions for one thirteen. That's that's still one thirteen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, also uh, I want to give one to uh, Daryl Mack. Uh, okay. Yep. The guy from UCF. Yeah. Yep. You know he stepped in, won that game for him, and also it, it looked like uh, UCF was about to lose that game, but yeah, he did. Three forty-eight for two touchdowns. You know, got to show some love to him. And I was impressed by um, uh, Colin Johnson from Texas. Yeah, one seventy-seven. So you know, uh, but honestly, a uh, player of the game. I mean. Dwayne Haskins nearly 500 yards, bro. They ain't, yeah, yeah. ain't, ain't nothing to play around with. Also, Jalen Hurts. I want to show him some oh, love, him too, man. Oh, also, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, the- 210 <laughs> yards, I heard. Definitely. definitely. I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't really get to watch that game, but, yeah. yeah. Definitely, He's- all those guys get it. I'm telling y'all, he reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. I don't know why he has this Alvin Kamara-type flow to him. I'm telling you, Daryl Henderson – is going. I've been telling y'all about him since the before the season started. Daryl Henderson is a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know when people gonna start realizing that, but that guy is a problem. Um, but I mean, obviously, this week there will not be any games, uh, but the Army versus Navy game, which is always like a kind of neat game to watch. I think oh yeah, I'm watching you, that. I think me and you talked about that a few weeks ago. How that's always kind of like a fun game to kind of yeah. watch. Was it um, last year they played it in that deep snow? Snow, yeah, that was last year. Yep. Ooh, that was crazy. Yeah, that was a good game me, too. You said what? It was a good game too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a good game. But Army and Navy are playing against each other. Obviously, like they said, they do they do it every year in Philly. Um, and shout shout out to Kelvin Hopkins Jr. from Charlotte. I actually played against him like when I was in I think I was in the twelfth grade and he was in the tenth grade. But I actually played against him. Um, when he was at Independence, we had a seven on seven against those guys. Uh, so shout out to him, man. He's actually the starting quarterback um, at Army. So yeah, shout out to them, man. Uh, shout out to them. But I, I've always kind of loved this game, man. Um, like you, like you spoke about, you know, earlier in the season when we talked about this game. I think this is when rivalry week was going on. We talked about it. Um, but this is just like a unique type of game. It's the only one that's going to be on this week, obviously, before the bowl season starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's really a a unique game just for the country and everything like that. And I think it's very dope. So I do look forward to watching that game on Saturday. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I actually did forget to uh, mention that for player of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to throw some love to NC State. Yeah. They blew ECU out. Yeah, Gillespie had 220. Oh, I got to cover that real quickly, too. ECU firing their coach, um, Scotty Montgomery. I forgot about that. ECU firing their coach, Scotty Montgomery, and then also hiring um, JMU former coach, which we thought was going to be UNC Charlotte's coach, um, Mm. Mike Houston. And that whole thing is a fiasco in itself. Um, But basically from close sources, uh, you know, within within the two programs, Basically, what had happened was, um, and I'm gonna make this short and simple and to the point. Um, basically, Mike Houston got offered by Charlotte first. ECU heard about it, 
somebody from Mike Houston camp leaked out the uh leaked out everything about uh, UNC Charlotte offering ECU fired Scotty Montgomery because they wanted Mike Houston. Basically, when they found out somebody was interested in Mike Houston, they offered a bigger bag than UNC Charlotte. And basically, from what I heard, Mike Houston was like, I'm going to take the ECU job. UNC Charlotte was like, basically, we don't want you anyway if you're not committed. They tried to make it seem like they rescinded the, the offer. But really, what happened was Mike Houston didn't want the UNC Charlotte job, um, yeah. period. He wanted the ECU job. Um, and that's basically kind of what happened with that. So now... He is the new coach at ECU. I know a lot of people saying that UNC Charlotte, and that's like my alma mater, they rescinded the the offer. No, that's not the case. Mike Houston didn't want the offer in the first place. Um, and I hope he get in there and do something to ECU. I don't know if you see the step, but yeah, seventy three yards passing the total. Yeah, that yeah. He... And then you tell me that uh, a couple of uh, nice QBs transferred from ECU. Yep, Gardner Miss you was one of them. I wonder one of these guys gonna be the next good one once they transfer. I mean, they have one guy now. Um, he's pretty decent. I think it's Ayers, Ayers, something like that. He's actually pretty decent from what I've heard. Um, and he's actually kind of from that area too. From what I heard, he's supposed to be the next good thing at ECU, but who knows? ECU will probably find a way to screw that up too. So I mean, <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter with them, man. They, they're gonna find a way to plummet themselves but um yeah i mean obviously uh, nc state had a great game um they really poured it on i think they beat them like 58 uh, three ryan finley had over 400 yards passing uh jacoby myers had you know six uh one uh 163 yards and and 13 receptions and a touchdown i mean they really really poured it on on uh ecu but uh yeah man definitely uh, uh mike houston he gonna have a lot a rebuilding to do at ECU, a lot of it. Man, just imagine if he can take control of the two five two. Man, that I'm not gonna lie, they got a lot of talent out there, man. I mean, when you think about some of the guys that are in the NFL, just from that area, you're talking about Todd Gurley, um, you're talking about um, Pharaoh Cooper, you're talking about uh, yeah. Terrence Duran. Like we're talking about some decent. Decent players. I mean, I can't even think. It's a lot of decent players from that that two five two area. So if you know, obviously, if they could get guys like Ty Gurley to stay close to home, uh, yeah, that would be amazing. And I don't think it'll happen. But if they can do that, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, he'll be cooking with Reese at that point. Right, right. But yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be important to, uh, for him to kind of rebuild that program. It's gonna take a lot, but I do see why he picked ECU over. Charlotte. I mean, ECU is just a more attractive job right now. Um, Charlotte, maybe down the road, it'll have more potential. Charlotte has the more potential, but I think ECU is better for the right now, you know, right then and there. Um, but, man, if you don't have – oh, one more thing I want to go over with for everybody listening to the podcast. We will be still doing podcasts every week, once a week. But during the bowl season until playoff time, it will be shorter. Um, it will probably just be 30 – 30, you know, 30-minute 30 segments, 35-minute segments, just kind of quick of what the bowl games that uh, went on that week. Um, until we get to playoff time, the week of playoffs, that's when we'll start, you know, the New Year's Six Bowls, stuff like that. That's when we'll pick it back up kind of to regular pace, just so you guys can kind of know what to expect um, before we get into that. So next week you'll get a, a short, you know, 30-minute podcast, and we'll talk about the bowl games that are coming up that week. Um, and Jarrell, if you don't have anything else, man, we can go ahead and air it off here.
Nah, I'm good. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank y'all for, you know, continue to listen to our podcast, man. Continue to listen. Share to everybody. Retweet it when we put it on Twitter. Uh, just show us love, man, and continue to listen to the podcast. We really do appreciate you guys and everything y'all do for us. All right. All right. We're out, man. Y'all enjoy it.